0: Hello, and welcome to Pairing, a podcast where we pair wine with art and pop culture. I am your host, Emma Sherzharko, and this is going to be my second solo episode of the show. I apologize in advance if it's super boring. Feel free to skip it, I will not be offended. But between scheduling recording sessions with some guests and Winston himself being very busy, I just decided to record this one myself. I was looking back and I realized that we released our first Comfort Wines episode a little over a year ago, right at the beginning of 2020, with no idea of how much we'd all need comfort content in the year plus to come. Now... Here, as things are mercifully getting a bit better, at least they are for me, I hope they are for you too, but things are still tough and I at least feel in a very nebulous space, I thought it would be a nice time to revisit the topic of uh, just finding comfort in things. Um, And so... I thought I could share some of my favorite comfort wines and comfort content from the last year or so. And um, I also wanted to do another slightly more wine-centric episode. So hopefully you'll learn a thing or two about wine while you learn a thing or two about what my life has been like the past year plus. (laughs) Please don't judge me too harshly. Hopefully it's not too boring. I promise I've got some great guests and episodes coming up, Um, but I just thought this would be a nice little... Retrospective. Thank you so much to our patrons, and especially our producer level patrons Emma Cohen, Rena Saramé, Zoo Yorker, Caitlin Van Horn, and Michael Beck, all of whom I would share a bottle of rosé with while watching New Girl. If you would like to join these wonderful people and support us, come check us out at Patreon.com/PairingPodcast, where you can get access to all sorts of extras for as little as one dollar a month. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and please let me know what kinds of comfort content you've been enjoying during this horrific year. Without further ado, here is episode 82 Comfort Wines Part 2. everybody, it's Emma, and it's just going to be Emma talking to you for the next little bit. Um, I was thinking about it, you know, it... it would be weird just talking to myself. And it is weird, right? I'm just sitting here by myself uh, talking into a microphone for however long I'm going to do it. Um, but, you know, it's kind of become what I do on a regular basis uh, between between doing voice acting gigs and podcasting and all that. So um, so here I am in my comfort zone. <laughs> and speaking of comfort zone, maybe that's what I should call this episode, the comfort zone. Um, so I... I We've got a bunch of great episodes coming up, uh, but through scheduling and things just being crazy, I had a little bit of a lull where I didn't have an episode recorded, and between Winston, uh, his schedule being just crazy, and my— I just wasn't feeling great the past couple weeks slash had family in town. Long story short, you don't need to know the details except that I dropped the ball and didn't have another episode prepared. So here I am uh, recording this episode. But it's actually something that I've been wanting to revisit and talk about, which is comfort wines again. And um, I'm going to call it comfort content because the last episode we did was... Pretty much specifically about TV, comfort wines, and comfort TV, which I'm going to talk about, you know, some TV as well in this in this episode. But um, but there's been all sorts of new types of content that I have discovered in this past year, plus uh, the the quarantine year, the the pandemic year, um, and you know it's it's been such a it's been such a horrible time for so many people. Uh, you know, even under the best of circumstances. And then we've got, there's so many things in the world that are so screwed up right now. And mercifully, things are getting better, hopefully. I hope um, you've had an opportunity to get vaccinated. I'm very lucky. I, as of today, actually, um, or at the release of this episode, I will be fully vaccinated, uh, And you know, the two two weeks after. So I am excited exceptionally grateful for that. But um, I don't know about how all of you feel, but I'm also amidst this excitement about, you know, being able to return to, quote unquote, a sense of normalcy and, you know, seeing my family and friends and being able to travel and all that. There's also a lot of anxiety that goes along with that, because what is normal anymore? And what do I want to be normal anymore? And there's a lot that I kind of worked through myself or am still working through about what I want my life to be and look like. And the fact that things are, quote unquote, going back to normal is actually very stressful for me because I don't want to go back to the way uh, things were exactly before the pandemic started. So Anyway, I'm not going to get into that in, in, in depth, but just know that <laughs> I'm going through a hard time and not not like a really hard time, but I'm having a lot of anxiety, little mini existential crises and. Um, I think I think most people are to a certain extent. I don't think that's like too controversial or revealing of myself to say. Um, But just know if you're going through that, I'm going through it too. And um, and it's 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 hard. It's it's a weird kind of nebulous moment of like what what is going on. So um, so what I've been thinking about is like what is keeping me Through, you know, besides my, besides Winston, our family, um, you know, the cats, obviously being able to live in this wonderful house. And I mean, I'm just so lucky in so many ways. But, um, but I'm like, okay, so what are the things that I am relying on right now to keep me sane and uh, keep me grounded, keep me excited, keep me inspired? And, uh, and so, obviously wine is one of those things. (laughs) If you've been listening to the show, you know that I like wine and it's uh, an important part of my life. But part of what's been sort of tricky this past year in the pandemic is that uh, my access to wine, because I was let go from my wine job because of the because of COVID-19, um, I kind of had a more restricted access to wine. I, you know, didn't have a discount anymore. Uh, woe is me. <laughs> um, but, you know, I figured I'd share some of my favorite wines that have been carrying me through uh, this past year that, you know, there most of these are wines that are $15 or under a bottle because, you know, obviously I, I've i been off and on of, of unemployment slash doing gig work at this, you, you know, you know. Um, and so, so just good value wines that are, that are also really tasty and just reliable. I think that's what I've been really clinging to this past year is this kind of reliability. So um, I'm going to share some of those and some of the content, uh, art, and other things that um, have been truly keeping me sane. Truly. So, um, so here we go. Hopefully the cats will join me at some point so you can hear from them, hear their thoughts. (laughs) It's not just me. So the first wine that I wanted to talk about is one that I think I've mentioned a few times on the show now, but it has been clutch for me (laughs) these past, mostly like, I think I've been drinking this wine a bunch the past like six months or so, um, because we discovered the wine store just down the street from us, or the liquor store, um, just down the street from us, carries it, and um, and so it's just been easy to get that one. is um, It's a wine called Picpoul, and uh, or specifically Picpoul de Pinet, which is a French. You might have guessed it. French white wine, and I love Picpoul's because they are just they are just reliable. I've said this before about Verdejo. I think um, Verdejo, which is a Spanish white wine, um, but this is true of pick as well. I've never had one that like blew my mind, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is the best thing I've ever had." But I've also never had one that I didn't like. So that's the nice thing, and they're and they're really affordable. Um, so yes, so pick pool de pinet. Um, the ones I think that I have been purchasing, um, there's one called Cave de Pomerol, which is about. I think I get it for like thirteen dollars a bottle, and then there is another one from the producer Hugh Um, Again, apologies for my French; I don't speak it. Um, <laughs> uh, but both of those, both of those are between uh, you know ten to thirteen dollars a bottle, which is which is clutch. And um, they're, they're, Peak Pool is just a really fresh bright citrusy. Um, I get a lot of green apple from from Pickpool. Um, so it's a great wine if you like kind of crisper whites. So so like Sauvignon Blanc or Albarino or something like that, which you can find those um, that are affordable as well. This is just one that's a little less known and I, I've been having it uh, a, a lot. So I um, it's just been on my mind and wanted to give a shout out to Pickpool. And, uh, and so Picpoule is from an area in, in, uh, in France. And so Picpoule, by the way, Picpoule is the name of the grape, but Picpoule de Pinay is the name of the appellation as well, which is in the Languedoc, which is sort of um, southern central France. And I love the wines from the Languedoc because they are just generally speaking, really good and less expensive than French wines from some of the more quote-unquote prestigious appellations, you know, like the Loire Valley or Bordeaux, um, the, Côte, the Rhone Valley. So um, that's, so. L- just generally speaking, look out for wines from the Languedoc. Another appellation in southern France, this one a little bit further to the west, is the Côte de Gascon. Um, Gascon's are another really nice, inexpensive, crisp white wine. Those tend to be just like around $10 a bottle and, um, and they're great. And they, um, they're made from a variety of different grapes, but, um, Colombard, Uniblanc uh, well, let's see what else. Sang, I think. Those are some of the grapes that are in Cote de Gascogne. So, so in this case, Gascogne is the name of the region, but not the name of the grape. Pique Pool is both. Fun facts to remember. But, but both of those really great um, kind of citrusy, bright, crisp uh, white wines from, from France. And uh, I... I I slightly prefer peak pool. I feel like it has a little bit more of an interesting texture, flavor to it, uh, generally speaking. But Gascons are just really delicious and get the job done. Um, so those are so those are some white wines that I have been <laughs> finding comfort in. And um, so for red wines, you know, as you know, if you' if you've heard me talk at all about wine, which at this point you probably have heard me talk too much about wine. <laughs> but so generally speaking, you know, I hate the question what's your favorite wine? But generally speaking, I prefer French whites and Italian reds. Um, those are those are my jam, my favorites. And um, so of course, I've been getting some Italian reds um, as uh, part of my, uh, comfort, the comfort agenda in this very anxious time. Um, and so one of the ones that I've been having a lot, cause again, it's at this same wine store that's very close, uh, is the, uh, Fossetti from the producer Mocali. It's a Rosso Toscano. So, uh, 80% Sangiovese, as you all know, love my Sangiovese, and 20% Caniolo. And again, this one is about $13 a bottle, and it's just really good. I I, I think it has a lot of complexity, and so if you like—I think it's actually—all it, uh, the grapes come from around Montalcino, but to me, it's a little bit closer to a in style, um, a little bit—just not quite as much body to it, but it has just— some really nice kind of vegetal earthy tones to it, along with some bright fruit, bright red fruit um, just just funky enough that it's that it's interesting but really easy drinking as well so um so I highly recommend that one. and then, um as I've talked about before, um Montepulciano is uh, another one of my favorite kind of go to inexpensive red Italians. The one one thing about Montepulcianos, though, is that uh, they, they, they are a little more inconsistent, I would say. Um, and so I did want to recommend a couple that I specifically think are really good. Um, the first one is from Fosso Corno, is the producer. And, um, and it's called the Aires. A-I-R-E-S Montepulciano. Um, that one's really great. And that one's also around like 14 $13 or $14 dollars a bottle. Um, and then another one called La Cuercia uh, Montepulciano, which I've been having for a while. I We had a really good deal on it on my... When I when I worked at the store in in Boulder, so you know I won't tell you how little money I could pay for it, but we sold it for like eight or nine dollars a bottle for a while because we got a really good deal on it. Now when I find it, it's usually closer to fourteen dollars a bottle, which you know. Again, I won't tell you how little I had to spend on it when it was on sale, but um, but that one is it's worth it still for the for the $13, 14 dollars. It's a really good one. Um, so those are those are some those are some wines that I wanted to uh, recommend to you. Now let's talk about let's switch over to uh, comfort media a little bit, and <laughs> I wanted to start off talking about a couple of things that I've done episodes on, so I'm not going to go into super depth with them but as you know one of the things i discovered this past year is uh video games you know as a as a person in my early 30s i started playing video games for the first time and i love it i'm i feel complete at last <laughs> um so uh but you know as as you know i we've done episodes about the witcher mass effect and Dragon Age, which still are the main games that I have played. I um, And part of why I've only played those is because I fall Really hard. When I fall in love with something, I fall really hard. So, <laughs> um, I, I we recently released uh, the Dragon Age episode with Will Williams. I highly recommend you listen to that. That was such a delightful conversation for me. Um, but since the Mass Effect Remaster, uh, the Legendary Edition just came out, um, I've been playing it again and just remembering. You know, from, <laughs> oh, young Emma, six months ago or something when I started playing it for the first time. I don't know. Time is nothing. But uh, it's just, it's just, wow, one of the most inspiring Stories that I've ever experienced, and um, and I'm doing my best to play it a little bit differently this time, <laughs> uh, a little bit, a little bit differently, not hugely differently though, and uh, and so I've been playing that, and it, it really, oh my god, it just makes me feel happy and safe, even though it can be very scary and stressful at times. <laughs> um, But so, yeah, so I wanted to give another shout out to Mass Effect and uh, just encourage you, if you haven't played the games and you have, if you have, uh, you know, access to a console or a gaming PC or whatever, um, I really do recommend playing the Legendary Edition. Um, it's, It's, I think they did a really great job. And and you get all the DLCs too, and so it's 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 a pretty good deal. It's like sixty bucks for all three games, including all of the extra content. So it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, and uh, and the Mako is better. <laughs> it's not it's not wildly d- different, but it's better. So yeah. So I've been uh, I just finished Mass Effect One, and um, and I just started Mass Effect Two. Ugh. It's so good. It's so good. It just makes me, it just makes me feel safe. It makes me feel safe. I was reading an article the other day (laughs) because I get all this Mass Effect content um, now. One of the things that's been really nice about playing video games and specifically Mass Effect I've found is that all these people, like old friends, new friends, uh, people I don't know particularly well, but um, are engaging with me about it. And it's so fun. But so I'm getting all of this, all of this Mass Effect. Contents, ads, etc., and like old articles. And um, there was one that said, "Massive of- playing Mass Effect is good for your mental health." I was like, "You know what? I'm gonna roll with this. I'm not gonna go into huge depth." <laughs> but uh, I feel I feel happier when I'm playing it. There we go. So, um so there's Mass Effect. And then also, I wanted to talk about The Witcher because I'm definitely definitely gonna have to do another Witcher episode at some point because. Um, when I when I when we did the the first Witcher episode, I think I'd seen the show and started playing the game. Like I think I just started playing Witcher three, and at this point now, I obviously I played all of Witcher three, and and I've started reading the books too and that has been really fun i've been really enjoying the books um and i went back and played witcher 2 as well which is nowhere near as good as witcher 3 but there's fun parts to it for sure and you can kind of tell how it's how it's leading up to witcher 3 which is uh which is great but even if you're not a video game player um, though I do think Witcher Three so far is the best Witcher content out there, including the Netflix show and the books. That's such a weird thing for me to acknowledge and say at this point in my life. <laughs> um, but I but I love all of them so far. I'm very excited for the next season of uh, the Netflix show. Um, it it's it's been really fun reading the books and getting more of the background of where all these characters come from, where this world comes from. Um, the first two books are basic basically collections of short stories um, and I do recommend reading those even if they're all you read. Um, the second book particularly sort of destiny, I thought I thought was really good and had some really great writing in it. <laughs> not to say that uh, Sapkowski is not a good writer, but there's some really surprisingly profound stuff in there. Um, and so I I highly recommend those. And that's been a really wonderful thing uh, for me to to dive into more as well. Okay, so um, um, other wines that I have been enjoying, as I've talked about. Cotarone, red Cotarone, is just one of my go-tos. And um, when I'm feeling, when I'm in the mood for something a little bit darker, a little bit darker fruit, a little bit earthier than the Italian reds, there's a couple of Cotarones that are really great. Um, the first one, it comes from Chaputier, the the producer in the Rhone Valley, um, and it's called Belle Rouge. And, um, and all of these, by the way, most of these are wines that I've found at grocery stores to varying extents. So depending on where you live and what what the liquor laws are in your state, in your county, et cetera, um, you can find these pretty, pretty widely. there they're, these aren't the kind of niche niche wines that I that I also like to to recognize and try and um, and and support small producers as much as possible. But unfortunately, i I just haven't been, in a situation where I can do that all the time. Um, so these are the wines that I have been uh, finding comfort in. And so the the Belle Rouge from Chapoutier and um, the Perrin, I think that's how you pronounce it, P-E-R-R-I-N. They're one of the big, big producers in in the Rhone Valley. They're Nature uh, Coturon. It's uh, organic, I believe. And both of those are just really great, really reliable uh, again, you know, somewhere around fifteen dollars a bottle or less, usually, depending on depending on where you get them. Um, but those are those are great. Um, I of course have to talk about Rose, right? You all know how much i I love Rose. and um, unfortunately, I haven't had that much rose yet this season, um, but there is one that is, again, pretty, pretty big producer, pretty widely found., um, but the Beeler, Rose from Charles Beeler of the other Charles and Charles and Charles. Charles and Charles. It's hard to say. Uh, That's a really great one. It's just kind of classic Provençal style clean, bright, delicious, easy, nothing too complicated about it. Um, But that's one that you'll see a lot around. The other rosé that I like a lot that I've found uh, is the Cloud Veil vale rosé, which is um, rosé made from Pinot Noir, coming from Oregon, which again is somewhere, you know, depending on depending on the day, somewhere between ten and fifteen dollars a bottle, um, and that one has a little bit more dark fruit, more intensity of flavor. Um, but I'm looking forward to to trying, you know, trying the my my favorite rosés from this last vintage. Hopefully, 2020 was a good year for wine. <laughs> I truly have no idea what the harvests were like because I just haven't been working in the wine world in a while. But um, but we'll see. So yes, and um, speaking of rosé, I had to I had to uh, talk about the TV show that uh, Winston and I I think we watched it. He may be mad at me for revealing this. I think we fully watched it three times the, the entire show or almost the entire show just during the pandemic. Um, and that is New Girl. <laughs> um, you know, it's not necessarily a perfect show, but I do think it has aged relatively well. And there's just something about the humor and the characters and everything, everything about it that, I don't know, just just worked for us during this time we just needed the, the the comedy of it um and uh and I really I I I really think it's a it's a really great show and I really enjoyed it <laughs> obviously I've watched it so much um but I, I I feel like I have to talk about rosé because rosé is what Jess always drinks on the show and that makes sense to me because um because she, she's underrated everybody uh you know has their ideas about what she's like and then uh, she surpa- surpasses their expectations just like Rosé. People have their their preconceived notions about Rosé and um, and as you know I'm working to to break down those those stereotypes. <laughs> um, but yeah so I wanted to to give him give a shout out to new girl cuz it's been pretty I, every once in a while I, I, we finished our most recent rewatch like a month ago or something and i keep being like we can't watch more new girl yet <laughs> it's just it's comfort man you know what i mean yeah okay so speaking of speaking of charles and charles um so there was charles beeler who makes the rosé charles smith i've talked about before um and he makes a lot of really great pretty affordable wines coming out of Washington state. And I know I've talked about this one before, but this is another go-to, but the Kung Fu Girl Riesling that he makes is so good. Um, You know, slightly off dry, so it's got just a hint of sweetness to it, Um, but it's such high acidity, so sharp, so, so delicious. Um, It just, it just is, you know, does it for me. I think a, a good other, other TV show that I, I haven't, I watched it, fully once and then kind of have had it on a lot when I'm like cleaning or cooking dinner or something um, but Shits Creek is a show that I discovered uh yeah I discovered it <laughs> you all may not know about this show Shits Creek it won some Emmys um but <laughs> but uh, that was a that was a big one for me back in the fall I think is when I when I watched it and uh, there's there's just something so lovely about the show. So funny, but such, such heart. Um, I don't know about all of you, but but comedy has been very important. And um, comedy that doesn't punch down has been very important uh, as like, you know, because I like my kind of dark humor for sure. Um, you know, like I love it's always sunny in Philadelphia and other shows like that. but there's something about the kind of optimism of the humor in, I would say, both in New Girl and *Shit's Creek. That is just like what I've been needing. And I feel like Riesling is a good one for *Shit's Creek. There's obviously a bunch of wine stuff that you can talk about with with that show. <laughs> if you've seen it, then you know what I mean. But that's, that's one that might get its own episode at some point. So uh, I'm not going to go into too much. I'm not gonna talk to myself about it too much, <laughs> though I could. Though I could. Great. Okay. Some other wines. This one's a little bit out of left field, but I think I've mentioned this before. Um, there is a company in South Africa. Um, they're a pretty big company again. Badenhorst is the name of the the big the big company, and they make a couple a few different tiers of of wines, both red and white. Um, the first one that I wanted to talk about is the Secateur, which I think I've talked about before. But they make a Chenin Blanc and a red uh, red blend, and the Chenin Blanc particularly is fabulous. Those that tier, I mean, it's not super expensive, but it's like more between 15 and $20 a bottle. But they make a kind of entry-level wine, uh, or the, a white and a red, again, uh, called the Curator. And those have been some of my favorite, about $10 a bottle, honestly, uh, wines that have just been super reliable. Again, the, I think the white, I know it's mostly Chenin Blanc, but I think it also has some Sauvignon Blanc in it. Maybe Chardonnay. It's it. It's a blend, but it's Chenin Blanc heavy, which, as you all know, I love my Chenin Blanc. So I highly recommend that one. And then also the red from them, which I think is uh, sort of a a Rhone style blend, but from but from South Africa. So Shiraz and um, maybe Grenache. I think they, I think there's a little Cab Cabernet Sauvignon in there. I can't remember exactly, but those are both really good. They're really, really good. So if you see those, definitely check those out. Um, (laughs) Okay, I've got a couple other confessions to make of, of comfort content. Uh, recently, Winston and I have been listening to the fantasy romance novels. He was making fun of me because uh, he suggested that we record an episode about these, and I said no. <laughs> um, who knows? We may at some point. But uh, a court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J. Mass. they are they are not profound. <laughs> but that's not the point. They're romance novels. And um, and it's just been fun to listen to. It's very, very kind of true blood uh, vampire diaries vibes I get from them, except set in a fantasy world um, with fairies instead of vampires. So uh, you're welcome or I'm sorry. <laughs> what I will say is I, Winston listened to to most of the first book without me. And I listened to some of it, and I wasn't really into it. And then by the end of the first book, I was like, okay, now I'm interested in the story. And then the second book, I've been really enjoying. Um, much better characters, more interesting, dynamic storytelling. And it's a romance novel. So there's that. So <laughs> so I um I do recommend those and I and I've been enjoying the uh the the audiobooks of them though um though I think it's a different narrator who's going to do the next books so so we'll see I'll break my heart but yes yeah, so that's been that's been a fun a fun little comfort content I also, since uh, recording the episode, the Sherlock Holmes episode with Sarah Golub, um, I've been inspired to watch Elementary, and um, Elementary is really fun, and 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 just kind of like nice consistency uh, to it, you know, like basically a procedural but with a twist, and um, and so I've been I've been really enjoying it. Lucy Liu is great. Uh, what's his name? johnny lee miller as sherlock holmes is is delightful so i highly highly recommend that as well as again that's a good one to just kind of have on while you're doing stuff that's my that's my feeling anyway all right let's see what else have i got here oh yes i've got here (laughs) i have here if you're feeling fancy these these aren't any more expensive or anything than the other wines i've talked about but if i'm craving something a little bit different also french wines um, Macon Village. So that's a white Burgundy, but usually a little less expensive. Macon Village and Beaujolais. Um, those are The Beaujolais is the red wine from just south of Burgundy, made from the Gamay grape, and Macon Village is Chardonnay. Um, and specifically, there's a producer, Louis Jadot, huge mass production, you know, not, not a niche wine by any means, but they're really good and really affordable. So um, the Beaujolais, there's a couple different levels of the Beaujolais, but there's one that's around like $12, one that's around like $15, and then they can go up a little bit from there. And I think Jadot's Mâcon Village usually goes for about $15, depending on where you find it. Part of why I'm recommending these is because, again, these are things you can find in your grocery store. Jadot also makes um, a Pouilly Fuisse, which is the slightly fancier... White wine coming from that region of Burgundy, and and it's like thirty dollars a bottle usually. And I mean, it's not one that I'm going to be getting all the time, but it's it's a really nice wine. Um, so if you're feeling fancy and wanna and wanna splurge a little bit, that's a really good one. Uh, yeah, I like those wines because they're affordable, but they make me feel they make me feel like I'm being fancy. <laughs> So those are great. And then another another wine that I really, really love, um, it's a Chardonnay from California, um, the Fox Glove Chardonnay, which I would say is sort of Burgundian in style. So it's not like super oaky, but it, it does have a little bit of oak on it, but it's... M- more crisp and refreshing than than a lot of other California Chardonnays in that price point. So it's like again, fifteen ish dollars a bottle. That's another one of my favorites that I've been I've been drinking this quarantine. Not as much recently, but at the, at the beginning of the quarantine, I I was getting that one a lot. Yeah. So let's see what else. Oh yeah, I wanted to mention. A truly, truly a lifesaver for me this this past year and a half or so has been music. And I have a very eclectic taste in music. I'm I'm all over the board. But um if I had to if I had to talk about a a a band or a type of music that just really makes me happy and makes me feel safe, it's symphonic metal. <laughs> It's not something I've talked about a ton on the show, I think, um, but you've probably heard me mention it. My favorite band is a Finnish symphonic metal band called Nightwish. Um, there's also there's a bunch of other bands too that I love, uh, Within Temptation, Lacuna Coil. Um, but you know, it. I don't know about y'all, but I have been going out for walks and there's something about just putting on some super fucking epic music while going for a walk that just, I don't know, gives me that, what are the the chemicals that make you happy? (laughs) Serotonin, not melatonin. That's what I take to sleep sometimes. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. Um, If I'm not feeling good, I know that if I put on some Nightwish, I will feel epic and like I can take on the world and I will be okay. <laughs> so that that's been really clutch for me. And uh, I one thing I'm I'm ashamed of truly is that because I spend so much time listening to my own voice between editing uh, you know, auditions, audiobook, this podcast, etc., because I spend so much time listening to my own voice, I don't listen to as many podcasts anymore as I should. Also, not commuting um, has obviously made that more difficult, but um, but music has really been a godsend for me this year, remembering how much I love listening to music, and it just, it has really, really done wonders for my mental health. Um, so, uh, and let me know what what your favorite music is. Winston just made a playlist the other day because he just got a new phone and he can finally listen to music on his phone again. Um, That's a long story. He couldn't listen to music on his phone for a while because he had a headphone jack stuck in there. Anyway, Um, (laughs) uh, but he was making this playlist the other day and I was like, oh yeah, this is totally like your music. This is your like happy place music, pump up music. And everybody's got a slightly different pump up playlist, I feel like. And so uh, tell me what's on yours. I have more than just Nightwish and, and (laughs) symphonic metal on mine. Um, But, uh, but that's the big, big one for me. That's been, that's been, uh, it's been very helpful. I've also just been listening to like epic instrumental music, like basic, basically like movie soundtrack kind of stuff. And that's been great too. And highly recommend it. Go for a walk, put on some put on the Mass Effect soundtrack and go for a walk. Um, it'll, it'll you'll feel great, I promise. So yeah, let me know let me know what's on your your epic playlist or your pump up playlist. Um Oh, the last thing I wanted to mention I did right down here. Well, we you know, we've been watching there's there's some other shows that I think we talked about in the last episode, like Star Trek. Which we may have an episode about Star Trek coming up. It's about damn time, right? Um, so, so there's there's that. Um, but I've been joking I, pretty much ever since I played Mass Effect the first time that I just have all the space feelings. And there was a time where everything we were watching and doing, and the, I was playing the game, like everything was in space. Um, so there's Mass Effect, um, Star Trek, Farscape is another great one. Weird show, love it. Let's see, Farscape, The Expanse. Um, we watched we watched all of the Expanse. Highly recommend that. I, I think that's a really a really great show. Takes a little while to get going, but uh stick with it. What else? Oh well I have been promised that we can rewatch Battlestar Galactica soon. Um it hasn't happened yet, but it will. <laughs> um, and as you know, we had a, we had a Battlestar Galactica episode. Um, but I, the other, uh, this isn't really, I can't really call this like a comfort content because it's new, but I really enjoyed the first season of Shadow and Bone on Netflix. Uh, I haven't read the books, but I should. Um, but I, I found that really, uh, really delightful and, um, you know, kind of a fun new fantasy show, It just reminded me that the uh, Court of Thorns and Roses, the romance novels we've been listening to, uh, I think it's been optioned for a show on Hulu. And actually, uh, the showrunner would be Ronald D. Moore of Star Trek and um, an outlander and Battlestar Galactica. It's a weird choice to me. I don't I don't see it, but uh, but I'm excited to see where it goes if it happens. But uh, we've been sort of. Experiencing these new fantasy worlds, which which is exciting, and I really like Shadow and Bone, particularly, and and The Witcher on Netflix is doing this a little bit as well too. Um, I just love the diverse casting. I know there's there's some issues <laughs> within the within the content and how race is treated in. Both of both of those shows, um, but it it's really refreshing to me to finally see um, diversity in fantasy worlds. <laughs> you know, it's like for the longest time, fantasy worlds were just medieval white people, and <laughs> and that doesn't make any sense because it's a fantasy world and there's going to be all sorts of people there anyway. Uh, that's a rant for another day, but I really liked Shadow and Bone, and I I, I recommend checking it out. Um, that's another that's another fun one. Um, some really fun characters in that in that one. Um, yeah, okay. I that that's what I've got. I'm not gonna. I I don't want to go on too long, but I think hopefully I've given you some ideas of good inexpensive, but reliable wines, um, to try out. And, um, and if you haven't experienced any of these, you know, everybody's unique, um, in terms of what, what makes you feel comfortable, what makes you feel safe, what, what stories, like, you know, if you feel like the people you're talking to are or the people you're talking to. I'm thinking about Mass Effect specifically right now because, you know, I can actually kind of talk to people in that. But, you know, the the characters around you, if they feel like they're friends, you know, I think that's that's a big one for me. Um, just feeling like feeling like I can I, I really know these people and um and that's a beautiful thing. And Uh, And so thank you to all of the creators out there who have made these wonderful stories that I am enjoying so much. All right, folks, thank you for listening. It's been fun. It's been fun sitting here talking to you. And uh, that's what I'm going to tell myself, that I'm talking to you and not to myself. And I promise we'll be back in a couple of weeks with, um, at least with Winston, if not some of our guests, depending on scheduling and all that. Um, But uh, thanks for letting me, thanks for letting me uh, talk a little bit about uh, how I'm doing and and what I've been doing. So, cheers. Pairing was created, hosted, and produced by Emma Sherjarko with music and audio recording by Winston Shaw and logo artwork by Darcy Zimmerman and Katie Huey. This episode was edited by Emma Jarco. Follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, and Instagram at Pairing Podcast to keep tabs on what we're up to. And feel free to send us any thoughts, questions, requests, and pairings of your own on our website, thepairingpodcast.com, via email at pairingpodcast@gmail.com, or on any social media platform. Come check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash where you can pledge as little as $1 a month and get access to exclusive content, customized pairings from me, live streams, and more. Also, check out our merch store on our website at thepairingpodcast.com slash merch. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and sharing with your friends. Thank you so much for listening to Pairing where you come for the stories and stay for the wine.